So all of your training and onboarding is designed initially not to get them to be the consummate salesperson in your industry. It's to get them to the aha moment. Because once they get that, then they have the belief enough to go to the next thing, which is I'm going to invest more of my time and interest to learn this role more. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the pest control industry and we take it to the front lines of those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me, wearing a lay and and maybe even a dress, I'm not sure, Mr. Dan Gordon from, <laughs> from Hawaii. He is uh, he's waking up early so we can we can uh, record this podcast. Dan, would you like to say good morning? Introduce our fantastic topic and our guest as well as our sponsors. Absolutely. So good morning, Dan Gordon, uh, PCL bookkeepers and MA specialists. Uh, we do uh, CFO work for the pest control industry as well as exit planning. And um, so uh, let me read off the uh the standard stuff that I read off. Uh, so you may have heard the news that we've expanded our PMP Industry Insider offering to peer groups in partnership with industry veteran David Billingsley. To learn more, go back and listen to episode 136 or visit pmpinsider.com backslash peer groups. And quite honestly, since we've started, we've put in, oh, a couple dozen people into new peer groups already. So it's really actually pretty terrific. Also consider supporting our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Colmarch by Workwave for your marketing needs. Dave Gianetto told us that it's not just digital, it's all of your marketing needs. So if you're interested, learn more at colmarch.com. And for those interested in industry-specific insurance, i.e. your workers' comp, your auto, your general liability, PestSure. Visit them at PestSure.com. And today, today we're talking about an industry near and dear to Donnie's heart. Uh, we've got uh, our guest is Stephen Ryan. He's the CEO of Conveyor. And we're going to talk about how to break in to door to door. Now, Stephen, this is an interesting one. Uh, he worked for Vector and Cutco selling knives. I won't go where I went before. Well, I will. He cut his teeth at, <laughs> at Cutco selling knives. That's where he started. By, by the and way, he was very successful. If there. you can yeah. say, try the veal. We'll be here all week. So just stand. Go right yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's go. So, so anyway, the the cool thing is he built out software uh, to manage the reps, and uh, they're still using it. He's got. 20 years of experience in direct sales, recruiting, onboarding, training. Uh, last year, over 600,000 potential reps set up interviews through his software. Uh, he basically provides back office and administrative items needed to grow a door-to-door -door team. And if I forgot anything, Stephen, let me know. And uh, anyway, welcome. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Stephen. And yeah. just before we get going here, let me just set our audience at ease. Um, I apologize for giving you a visual of of Dan in in scatulating clothes. If you're watching this on YouTube, you know he's actually fully clothed, at least from the chest up. I can't I can't vouch for anything further down from there. And the other thing that Dan was actually being super nice. The reason, yeah, he was he was being super nice because the truth is, if you listen to this podcast, I've gotten my butt kicked door to door a couple of times now. So we're super excited about having Stephen on and kind of talk us through. And so, um, Stephen. 
welcome to the podcast. I, you know, we got a lot of stuff to cover, so I just want to jump right in. Um, this is probably one of the most difficult and yet the most successful and necessary changes that I see uh, on on the horizon for pest control companies. There have been in our industry in general. There, there's always been kind of this traditional trajectory of companies. They they stay generational. They grow larger and larger, and then over time, you know, through traditional marketing, they they grow into large mature companies. Door to door has come on the scene and completely upended that model. We've seen companies come in and in five years, you know, they're they're doing the the same if not more than these larger companies who've been in business for over fifty years. And Dan was involved in a fairly large transaction recently with one of one of the major door to door companies that was a um, they had been in business the same amount of time. I think they started the same year I did, which was two thousand six. Actually, maybe they started a bit later. I think it was right yeah, around. They started later, I think later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, and in less than ten years, they built a company that was over doing over a hundred million dollars. Correct. Uh, so it uh, it has completely transformed our industry, and it's gotten a lot of people's attention. It's a huge, uh, you know, it's a huge thing that we talk about at conferences, and so we're excited to have you on the podcast. We want to talk about this a little bit, and and this very first question that we want to talk about is a big one, and it's one that we struggled with here at Triangle. Um, because, you know, there's this question of like door-to-door reps, are they 1099, uh, you know, are they 1099 folks? Are they, are they, are they direct employees? And so can you just talk a little bit about, you know, what is different about recruiting a 1099 employee? And and we won't get into like specific states. Yeah, don't talk about the tax, right? No, we're not going to get into that. But, but, but yeah. Yeah. meaning the outside contractor versus having a bunch of employees. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, so maybe yeah. talk us through that first. How do you recruit that person and what's different about it? What's different about it is um, the way they're going to behave and the way it is It is going to change the way you have to approach recruiting and sales. That's the biggest part about it. So what's different about the person is that you're looking for, and we'll go into kind of like the psychographics of the person, but you're looking for somebody that that is um, outcome-driven, um, that is very confident that already knows that they have op- options in life. Uh, and it's actually, you have to think about the process of recruiting these people. When I say 1099, I'm referring to a 1099 commission-based person that that feels comfortable in that. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. the person that 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 could be. I'm talking about the person that's going to be successful in there. Right. And so the entire way you think about... I. The way d- great D2D companies think about recruiting 1099 reps is that they think about it as a uh, sales and marketing op. Okay, mm-hmm. it is a it is a sales and marketing operation rather than um, a filling of needed salespeople as a result of demand you already have. So the demand come it, it's building the system and building the legs and then getting the results as a, uh, for the team that you create. Versus, versus more of a, hey, we've gotten more inbound, we've got more leads coming in, and so let's split these up for more, you know, for more reps to close the business based on our marketing efforts. And so, uh, I'm not saying this is you, but I've seen traditional businesses kind of still have that experience of, um, hey, we're great. I built, I've worked really hard on this business, especially as, as an owner. You know, I've had the business for a long time. It would be, they would be lucky to work for my company. Okay. And they would, they, I'm going to put out an ad and, and I'm going to, I'm going to get the right person and they're going to have experience in sales already. 
And you really have to take this as an approach of, um, I am con- I am systematically convincing and attracting the right people and building a, a, a wonderful marketing and sales funnel to nurture that potential recruit into uh, my opportunity. And in the, there's that process of sell, you know, selling because I think people don't see it as a sale because there's no exchange in money except you're giving them money. But actually they are purchasing something and that is they're, they're purchasing your opportunity with their time. And that's even bigger in, in, my, in, in some cases than a customer purchasing your service. So the other way you have to think about it is why it's different is that there is intrinsic to 1099 and commission basis that you, you can't know which ones are going to work out, which ones aren't. And you can't give them a lot of time to figure it out as a W-2 would. And so there's going to be higher churn. And because of the higher churn, the where people kind of get their butts handed to them is all of the back pressure that is created on the business. Um, and what I mean by back pressure is all of the systems, like the onboarding and the training and the retention systems that you need to even even convert that uh, that attention into something that will stay that doesn't where you don't lose your shorts on it. So and that's, so that's where the got biggest pummeled. expense. Yes, I, yeah. So so I'm just going to start with this one statement. Amen, brother. So no, <laughs> so we got pummeled this year with that. So we, so, so number one is, I, I think you're correct, right? I mean, we didn't talk too much about the psychographic of a 1099 person, but you have to realize this is a completely, this is a completely different human being. They view the world differently. They're not looking for security. They're looking for opportunity. And it's all about, you know, you know, pegging your business as the golden opportunity, right? Because all of these folks, I shouldn't say all of them, a lot of them that I met, they are going to be millionaires before they're 25 or 26 and they're going to drive fast cars and a bunch of it's other, weird, you know, yes. I mean, absolutely. I mean, but that's true. Right. Yeah. And, and then, so you got that demographic that you're, that you're trying to attract, right. That you're marketing to, but Steven, I mean, you're 100% correct. This is where we really, we really got hit hard this year is, was the support of pulling them in getting them trained, getting them through the process, getting them out on the doors. Like we, we, we took a hit on that. I mean, when I say we took a hit, like we did not do it efficiently and it created a lot of, like, I think you call it back pressure. We called it something else, which is probably not appropriate for the podcast, but nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, it was certainly, it was hard. I mean, so, so what do you do? I mean, like, okay, so now you, I mean, we're going to get into how we attract these, these weird 1099 mm-hmm. people who are completely comfortable yeah. and risking it all. But Let's talk a bit right. about this back pressure because I think that's a that's a that's a hard that's a hard thing for people to to solve. We did not solve it this year. In fact, I mean we we got through it and we kind of muscled through it, and I don't know that we did it that great. So maybe talk about that a little bit before. Yeah, I can talk about that. Uh, I would love to hear different examples of like what were the things that really you know held you up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about that, or do you want me to go into some of the the? Yeah, just, so I mean, I can tell you. Go ahead. The the biggest, not the biggest, some of, some of the bigger issues that we're having was the amount of training and onboarding we were having to do before we could actually get them on the door. And we even tried to say, okay, we're going to bring them in for a day and we're going to go through all of that, just kind of the basics of this as being at the company. And then we try to get them on the door for a couple of days and we had to bring it back and try to backfill. And of course, you know, like most door-to-door teams, you know, they were in every day and they were doing some sort of training for an hour or two before they hit the doors. But the, the big hangup was um, 
was the onboarding itself. I mean, the paperwork, I mean, that stuff's easy, right? We can send that to them and they can sign it all digitally. And that, that piece of it was easy. It was the bringing them in and teaching them closing techniques, teaching them door approaches, teaching them, you know, here are, you know, here's going to be your obstacles and, you know, and here's how you, here's how you're going to review, you know, like just getting in front of objections, getting in front of like, you know, that was the thing that took a lot of time. And, and the other part that was really difficult was the sequencing of these candidates. You know, we were trying to source the candidates locally. So we didn't have like, Hey, here comes 40 reps. We're going to do a training program for a week. And then all 40 reps are going to hit the door. No, it was like, Oh, we got a rep here. And then we got two more coming in the next week. And then we, and so there's this whole sequencing issue that was happening too. And that combined, man, it just, it sucked. I mean, just straight up. It's like death and by a thousand paper cuts. It was, yeah. it was death. And the other thing is, is that it tied up someone who was actually pretty good on the door, you know, because he's mm -hmm. teaching them these objections, right? He's, he's actually doing the role playing with them. So now he's not on the door either. Right. And so it was, I mean, that was for us was the big pain point. So if you're listening yeah. and you're thinking I'm not that smart, you're correct. Okay. You're so right. let's just get that away. <laughs> <laughs> so keep it going. <laughs> but, well, Stephen, yeah. before, so, before you go into it, yeah. you, you had mentioned uh -huh. before though, that uh, the churn is great. And, and you talk about having a bench or, you know, a second, how many layers deep do you make this bench? Or you just keep recruiting like crazy and, uh, you know, see what happens. You just keep, you keep recruit recruiting and, and continuing. Now there, there's obviously seasonality where people will hold off on recruiting to try to get more, you know, more, you know, sequential launching of like a cohort of reps. Right. But it is, it is continual. Um, and it's converting things that are in a cycle to then having like, kind of like these cohorts, right. That are going out, but they are doing it constantly. Um, so believe it or not, uh, the recruiting, the document signing and the collection of information, the big, you never stop selling. So this is actually a part of the, how you get great training and how you get reps on the on on the uh, the door better. So in the and we'll talk about the recruiting process, but in the recruiting process and the data collection, you're blurring the lines between recruiting, onboarding, and training. So if you've ever been through a really good sales experience with a company and you don't feel like there's these separate little, I'm getting too you know, hypothetical here, but it I'm trying to compare it to something that you you've experienced in your life before, which is like uh, when you were really jazzed to buy from a company where it felt really good, like an Apple experience. So what happens is people treat the, on once they've recruited a rep, they start treating the onboarding and the training experience like an HR exercise, but it's actually still sales. So the missing piece sometimes is that you're actually hyping and building belief in the role in the onboarding process. So for example, you're collecting their shirt size or their or their badge photo and right in the middle where you're collecting collecting their shirt size for swag or something, you're sharing a video on how you guys do, you know, competitions and what they're going to win if they if they sell. Okay? So you're not, you're not that it's all about shrinking the time to get to the door with somebody that's like really drank the Kool-Aid, okay? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a bad connotation I just thought about like 100 people dying you know, in a location, but um, anyway, it's one point that is, often, so it's okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's about, it's about actually, because if you build a belief, they're going to take the extra effort to make sure that they are getting the train because they're bought in. 
So you're, you're still doing sales. And the problem is they think of it as just like, okay, this person's already bought in. In a W-2 role, they they get into the role and they're somewhat bought in, right? They're they're like a W-2 employee. And you kind of have a you have the assumption you have their their attention. With with 1099, they're looking how to nope out of, of this role as, as soon as they see something they don't like. And sometimes people quietly nope out, which is they don't actually do the 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 work before they hit the door because they did, they're not bought in. They're they don't have you don't have a hook in. So if you if you actually keep the promotion and the sales going through that process, they're excited, and then they do the work to get them unstuck. So tactically, though, um, I know you said that the paperwork's easy, but it it's often not for some companies. When you when you when once you get over to like 15, 20, 25 reps a month that you're trying to onboard, it gets untenable, I think. And so automating all of that, like collecting all of their their badge photo, their picture, their shirt size. You know, having an inline pop up where they sign the rep agreement, um, you know, getting their W-9 or whatever, getting their, you know, voided check, all of that stuff streamlined to get that out of the way. That means you buy back one or two days where you can spend more time doing training. And then the training, what, we, what we've seen is people taking all of the almost all of the in-person script, all the training and putting that digital. And so that really helps you take what used to be a continual experience where people coming in, you know, every once in a while, get them doing, um, this is where you turn it into a boot camp. So you, every week or every other week you have an orientation or a boot camp on the same time. And you might have a rep come in, let's say it's Wednesday, you have a rep come in Monday and you say, do you need to do all of your digital training before this Wednesday? But you might also have somebody come in Thursday and say, you have to go faster to get ready for Wednesday. And so this is where you get everybody to line up so that when they land Wednesday, they're all bought in, they've all been sold, and they've all been trained so that when you get to that boot camp, you're only having quality conversations about stuff that actually matters. You're answering questions and you're building relationships versus kind of doing that rote response of like answer or like training on things. So they should be ready to go, have watched their, you know, how to how to pitch, have been practicing their pitch. Um, and then when they show up, you're just watching them to see if they have all the, the things that they need um, and coaching them, you know, through those those issues that are bl blocking them before they're ready. So that's how you convert it to a cohort. So, OK, so let's 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 so you do all of that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, again, for us, our 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 biggest issue was not our biggest issue. The, the other thing is just the churn with that amount of training. And I mean, there's other things that we could have done, obviously, way better. Mm -hmm. we, we, of course, have learned that since then. Um, what what specifically like if someone is sitting outside of this of this world right now and they're interested in getting into door to door, there's obviously the mechanics and 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 the process of the systems of like onboarding reps and but but you know mm -hmm. what are the, what can they do to get folks even interested like how do they even get started and you know in in getting reps even interested in their company like what had, any insight into how they do that i mean i see a lot of folks yeah. who want to get into door to door they just simply don't know where to start and so can you can you speak to that at all yeah. So you're talking about really like the sourcing and and, yeah. and the the attraction and mm -hmm. you're starting from from there. So um, the first thing I understand about these people, as far as 
there's two main ways people get recruits for D to D and the growing one is personal recruits. And I'll touch on that second. So the first one obviously is the typical sourcing model of using job boards like indeed um, when you're writing out your um, if you read like who, not how it's a great book oh, yeah. on like how oh, to yeah. write yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. fantastic book. And you know, they talk a lot about the, like how to write a role for somebody that's like in a business suite, that's very outcome driven, like what outcomes you want. Um, cause it will really scare away the people that don't, that don't believe that they can get those outcomes. Right. And so the, the post on indeed, or the post that you put out is typically much more confident and much more, um, focused on the outcomes. Like you, if you, we were looking for reps that could, or we're looking for someone who is gonna, you know, be out and talk, you know, talking to homeowners and is going to get these results and therefore is going to be heavily rewarded for those results. You know, like you're really confident about how you you post um and like this is not for everyone you kind of put a little chip on their shoulder um and that'll that will automatically kind of weed out the people that are want to hide <laughs> they can't hide right. uh right. and so that'll save you a lot of a lot of fluff the other one is to go if you don't have any ddd reps yourself um go to your sales reps that are recent like within the last three to six months they started with you and they're doing really well and ask them in your language, where were you at? Where where were you in the world? And what were you thinking when you picked us? When you said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna work with you," and you actually get different off. You, you don't have to get just the person's like, "Oh, I'm gonna make all the money and have a Lambo." You know, like there's the people that also um, are like, "I wanted great part time work. I was confident in my options, but I didn't. I have this other thing I'm doing, and I wanted great part time work. Or I wanted to. I'm young and I wanted to build my resume and just get some experience." Um, or I really liked your mission. You just get different answers. And mm-hmm. just like in a marketing and sales um, op, you know, operation, we make different landing pages for different people that have different motivations. And so it's the same thing. Like we're just working with people. And so you can put out different ads for different, um, I call them tributaries. Like one person's really focused on part-time. One person's really focused on, you know, great, you know, great pay. And then you push them to a single system to nurture them uh, through that process. So the if you don't have any reps now, or you don't have any DDD reps, maybe you can you can meet some. Okay, it's not they're not hard to find. Um, and ask them, hey, why did you take this role? Um, what were your other options, and why did you go with this versus you know this other this other option? And use that language because the way they talk about it and and is going to matter. Um, just like great copy comes from your best customers. But, you know, I, my thing is, is like a lot of these reps are not on Indeed, right? I mean, like you've yep. got to, I mean, are, are folks going out to campuses? I mean, like, how are they getting these reps? I mean, how yes, they, campuses, even getting, yeah, campuses how are they getting the that opportunity? You know what I mean? Getting an yep. opportunity to talk with them just to begin with. Yeah. So um, this is where the biggest, the biggest area of growth for D2D companies um, is they start with a core, you know, they do some, man, some, some recruiting um, personally, and just manual recruiting of their first reps, they're going to do well. And then they they heavily incentivize team building. Uh, they're typically called like PRs or personal recruits. Um, and you have to make it stupid easy for your your existing reps who are busy and doing great at the role of sales um, to sneeze the role to somebody else. And you have to incentivize them because they're heavily focused on incentivization um, to recruit more people. So the way that without using like a specific platform like our product, um, you give the recruiter or every rep an 
easy form that's bookmarked on their on their phone where they're like, let me just plug this person's information in. They, they meet them at a bar or you meet them at a party or something. They're looking for a great role. Plug it in. That person gets credit, right? Or at least, you know, tracking it of who referred whom from the get-go. Mm -hmm. That person immediately gets a text message that starts them down a nurture sequence. Okay. So think of it as like a sales leave behind. You just made a sale or this person's a prospect and might want your services later. You're going to collect the lead and make it really easy. It'd be stupid not for a rep to do that. Right. Um, you know, when you're working with a customer, imagine not having that for your, for building your team. And so then you, you, you build actual, um, incentives for the team, um, on the number of recruits that they're bringing in. Okay. It's a typical downline model. And, the best ones in the in the space are are managing that really well. Um, in fact, the best ones in the space are that doing go? That. Is that is is that like a multi level yeah. marketing thing, or is it just because it, one of the things I that I see is like these guys MLM. move in cabals? They go from company to company yep. with fifteen reps. Okay, I'm le taking my team and I'm going to this. That's company. right. How does that work? Yeah, 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 exactly. So so you you'll have a typical. It's not straight up MLM. Um, but you definitely typically have like a regional um, that splits and has a couple divisionals and then the division has many area directors. Um, and the ones that are killing it or that are that do this really, really well, they can see the groundswell of how many potential recruits that they are going to have before the season starts, well before the season starts, because they can see into how many people they're recruiting, how many potential recruits, like they have a pipeline. Okay. It's wild. So, um, tracking that and making it really easy. And then ha what happens on the end, I'm a potential recruit. I get a text message and I'll give you a typical flow. You click on a link, you go into a, we call it a portal on our side. Let's say a landing page. You watch a video. That video is from a, an owner, um, or one of the top VPs of sales or something. And it's very confident, very a matter of fact, pretty exciting to watch. And it's very like, hey, I'm busy. It's sometimes it's like just a selfie, and the guy's like walking, like, hey, I'm busy right now, but I'm gonna tell you about what we're doing because we're 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 hot, we're doing well, okay. <laughs> but it works, like it's psychological. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not like, hi, this is my company. You know, it's not right. that. It's right. it's very like, hey, you want to <laughs> come? You want a place to a container that's big enough for your goals and and your desires? This is that container. Um, it's gonna be a lot of hard work. You need grit. Um, and they're just, they're, they're not, they're not pulling their punches and they're not bearing the lead. So, um, cause right off the bat, if, if you do that, then you can increase the top line funnel, knowing you're not going to get a bunch of, you know, bad stuff into your funnel. Right. Right. And then you ask, uh, you ask really direct questions after they watch that video of uh, questions like what's most important to you? Was it pay? You know, was it, you go back to this kind of motivational questions and you can use those questions later to actually follow up with them like hey i know you were interested in a role um it's just great marketing segmentation like when you click on a certain SKU on your website right and then you get an email later saying hey do you want to buy that SKU?" so again more marketing stuff but then the um the thing is you actually start doing qualification questions right now do you understand this is 100 commission only do you understand that this is like you just make them answer those and if they answer them all right, then you push them directly to schedule an interview on a built-in, you know, Calendly or or Cal.com uh, calendar 
to book with a, with a calendar to do a screening and you, you just completely processize all of that minutia of, of keeping somebody, not keeping them, screening them. It used to be so easy for your people to just move them to kept. That's it. Nothing else. No emails they have to write. Nothing. Just, I want to keep this person. And that's it. And then everything else is streamlined. And then immediately start the onboarding process. Hopefully I'm not getting too opinion here. You know, immediately start, uh, get them the the documents they need and then go right into the training process. So it's just, it's just all systemized. Yeah. So let's, let's, we could talk about this one section. I feel like all day, but we don't, we don't have a, we don't have that much time. So let's talk about like, okay, so now you got someone who's bit and they're like, okay, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid that, I mean, you brought the, you brought the metaphor up. So we're just going to go. I did it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now I'm, I'm, I'm slurping it down and it's, it's smelling like coconut. And uh, anyway, so, so I'm doing all that and now I'm ready to go. So now the question becomes, okay, how do we get them through the pipeline? How do we get them onboarded? How do we get them to a place where they're actually ready to get on the door? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're, you're talking, when you say onboarding, I think of that just as like the, the, the admin stuff and, but, and then training separately, but we'll just call it like onboarding and training, you know, yes. getting them onboarded as far as like understanding the role. Right. Um, so like I said before, it is belief building and we won't, I won't go more into that, but you, you do want to do the belief building and intermix, you know, training. Um, I think it's very important with, we actually started out as a training platform first before we did any of the recruiting and onboarding stuff, but with training, um, you have to help the rep understand that you are here and you have to set expectations. What I mean by you are here, like, you know, when you go into mall and you see the little dot, like you are here and you're mm -hmm. going to be here. You want to set really strong expect expectations are, I hear this all the time from D to D companies is that you have to set expectations of what you need to know to get them to understand like the, they have to under, they're very or outcome oriented people. So if you just start on training and you don't tell them what winning looks like on right. training, right? that's the, that's where you lose. So yeah. a typical example is like, Hey, by Wednesday, when we have orientation, you need to know this, this, and this, this is what we expect from you. Um, I'm going to go through real quick. I'm going to give you a, like just a, quick understanding of, of the industry. And then we're going to dive in and I'm going to teach you this, 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 and this. Um, and these are the, these are the behaviors. These are the skills that you're going to have once you're finished. Cause if you don't have them, you're not going to be able to do this. And it's just Simply really putting out the incentive for them. You're going to make this much money if you do. So is that because yeah. the most successful yeah, door-to-door exactly. -door companies I've seen, everything is gamified, right? So it's a, yeah. um, you know, some of them do like a, a March madness type thing with brackets and everything else. And it's, yeah. it's actually pretty cool to, to, to watch the whole yeah. thing in, in, a, in a successful door-to-door -door company. Yeah. So every, every door to door company, when the training, it comes down to these categories. It's like expectations, especially like laying it out as a timeline. You know, you don't need to know everything, but you need to know this once you knock your first door. Um, second is, is all the tools, training them on the tools that you use, so like what your point of sale system is, what their canvassing tool is. Um, and it's really heavily focused on not giving the rep all the information and creating a linear experience for the rep where they're just going through it like this. They're not having to think about the whole context of the role over the next six months. And you're only giving them the training they need to get to the next successful point. Okay. So it's, just, you're not, you're not trying to get them all the tra training. You're all, you're, you're basically 
launching them to be successful that first day to get them to the aha moment, which is, oh my gosh, I, I, I knocked a door and they didn't, you know, tell me to go away. Like I, I had a sale or I have a, a couple leads that are going to close here soon. Cause that's, that's your, that's your turn point. That's your first turn point. So all of your training and onboarding is designed initially not to get them to be the consummate salesperson in your industry. It's to get them to the aha moment. Because once they get that, then they have the belief enough to go to the next thing, which is I'm going to invest more of my time and interest to learn this role more. Um, and that, I think, I don't know about you, but it cuts down a lot of the worry with like, does this rep have everything they need? Um, mm -hmm. If they get that, then they're willing. So it's it's like a, it's a contract of interest and attention. Um, and, and that's how I've seen most of them, you know, uh, catch it. Like, if you can get like in software, it's like if I can get a person in five minutes to do this one thing in the software, I've got them for for the next month. And if I can get them to do this in the, in the first 30 days, I got them for the next you know 90 days. That's how you think of it. It's just like conversions. Is that too wishy-washy or do you no, kind of no, it's good. It's good. And and it's I think it's spot on. I mean, sometimes I feel like we get wrapped around the axle and you you forget at the end of the day, it is psychology. It is 100% mm -hmm. psychology and it's how do you leverage yes. that psychology to make sure that the person stays engaged and excited because we can, I mean, I, I think about, you know, sometimes people, they, they, they go training, they think it's all about the shoes or the shorts or whatever, but it's not right. It's all about the psychology and the commitment. And that's, it's so funny to hear you talk about this because it's 100% the game, 100% the game, right? And just how do you, how do you make it super, super easy in a well, in a way that you scale? And so, all right. Well, we're going to have to start wrapping up here. But before we do that, I want to just give you a moment. Um, I don't know that we fully gave you a, a good platform at the beginning to talk a little bit about your company and what it is that you do. Do you just want to mm -hmm. just take maybe just 30 seconds and just tell everyone what it is that you do, uh, a little bit about your company, and then and then we'll finish out from there. So, Sure. Yeah. So the company, or my product is conveyor.com. So conveyor, C-O-N-B-E-Y-O-U-R.com. And we help companies that want to build large independent sales forces, recruit, onboard, train, and retain more reps so they can dominate in their industry, as you mentioned, right? Uh, and I believe we believe heavily in the D2D sales model or the direct sales model because of what we've been seeing in the cost of acquisition online and Google making all these changes and, you know, just marketing it more expensive and it's hard to get eyeballs. And so D2D is in a major way. Uh, to grow a business. Uh, I think it's a very um, hum human way to grow a business. I like the face-to-face -face aspect of it. And we have, um, we are a, a full system to help you bring in recruits, build a recruiting experience, build that onboarding uh, so you can systemize all of it, do the training on our platform, and then also use SMS messaging to support those reps out in the field. So as you grow your team, we help you systemize support so you're not pulling your, your your hair out and your managers aren't going, I don't want more reps because I can't handle the ones I already have. Right. Um, and so we help you do all that so you can go do more recruiting. Right. And, do you uh, have a, do like a, for, some sort of, do, do you have some sort in your system? Is there, a, you know, some sort of uh, standard operating procedures that, or that, are, that are flexible or how does it all, yeah. how does it all come yeah, together? Yeah, so we started... To honest, we started out working in enterprise. So we work with, um, you know, some of the bigger names in the industry, um, helping them reach 
through tons of people and train them. And they kind of came with their own systems. And what we saw was more and more people that were, you know, smaller outfits were wanting to do some of the stuff the bigger teams were doing. And so we operationalize that. So we've got best practices. We have workflows, like full on visual workflows where we can install cool. them into your account. Yeah. Um, and you can run those op those blueprints. Uh, and we're actually doing more and more of that systemization where we're taking best practices and we're just making them plug and play. You start with our product, you say go, and you can tweak it however you want, but start with the things we already know that are working. That's great. That's interesting. Great. Yeah. Well, Stephen, yeah, yeah. it has been fantastic having you here on the podcast. Um, and it's and this is a very uh, fascinating topic, especially for me, just because I've 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 gotten the ring and come out with a black eye three times now. Um, but <laughs> so I'm going to keep going, but it's been great to have you on the podcast. Um, and, and again, we'll, we'll do just for a reminder for all of our listeners, all resources and topics that we talked about today, we'll put a link up to Steven's website on our podcast website. Just go to pmpindustryinsider.com. Take a look under show notes for this episode. And as always, we always appreciate any kind of ratings and reviews that you can give us unless they're negative. If they're negative or bad in any kind of nature, we ask that you direct those to Dan. And with that, we're all going to sign out at this time. We'll see you all next time. Thanks so much, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye now.